welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you today? I'm good, how are you doing today? Not too bad, Not uh, do, doing alright, yeah. Uh, happy New Year to everybody, I know we're two weeks into the year. I uh, just needed a little bit of uh, you know extra time, slightly, to uh, to settle back into the year and all that sort of thing. We did come back with The Good Place, that was the first recorded podcast of the year. Uh, of course, we'll get into housekeeping and whatnot in a little bit, but um, what have you been playing over the last, I suppose, couple of weeks during the break? Uh, I've been playing all kinds of stuff. Cool. A um, couple, three games have come out to either preview or Game Pass. I've been playing them. Uh, the two that I kind of want to talk about is a game I actually found randomly. Uh, I've been on my PC a lot more uh, lately. I still don't have my new build done yet. That's going to get put to the back burner for a while. Uh, but I've been on my PC, I've been bouncing around like uh, streams, and this one streamer was playing this game called Darkest Dungeons, and it really caught my attention. Hmm. It's uh, a vaguely-ish roguelike. Um, it's not a complete roguelike, I don't really want to call it that. Um, basically what it is, is you're trying to rebuild a town, and you got to go into like dungeons and other areas and fight monsters to get treasures and stuff. And then you got to recruit heroes to fight those battles. Um, but it's uh, asymmetrical, so every time you go into an area, it's completely random design. Um, and you have four different areas that you can go into, and then they'll have like two or three different challenge areas for that level. But it's like you know, it's very D and D esque. Um, so, you know, you got a, your, you know, combat types and your healer types and your range types and all that. But it's one of those games that if you just kind of roll with it, you can get really interested in it. Cool. Uh, so I've been playing a lot of that. Um, been more doing the, uh, um, uh, more in, as well as the, uh, uh, Division 2. I've been playing a lot of that. I've mm-hmm. uh, been going into the Dark Zone because I need to get epics, which going into the Dark Zone just reminds me why I don't go into the Dark Zone at all. It's never been uh, a fun place to go. Uh, you tend to get a lot of ganked on and team killed and that kind of like less fun stuff. You know, uh, people that only get enjoyment out of the game by ruining the enjoyment of others. So that's never really a fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just trying random games here and there. Uh, picked up Magic the Gathering, their newest version. Played some of that. Um, you know, this, that, and the other. So Cool. Uh, speaking of Division, I want to uh, potentially surprise everybody. Depends if you follow me or us, I suppose, uh, on Twitter. Uh, I know, Robert, you don't use Twitter uh, a lot and, and stuff like that. Um, I was looking for Doom Patrol on... Uh, you can find it through Amazon to then subscribe to Stars Play in the UK to then watch Doom Patrol. Uh, it's not quite as complicated as I've just made it sound, but that's basically what you have to do. Um, so uh, I was searching for that just to see, like, I couldn't remember how many episodes there was, how long they were, so I was just checking that sort of thing. I haven't started the season yet, but just wanted to check on it. I'm scrolling through a bit, and uh, it says, it gives me this, um, the Division film from 2016, right? It, you can watch it with Prime Video, it's got a little Prime label on it and it let, and it had the button to say watch now instead of like subscribe to something. I watched the trailer for it just to see what the hell it looked like. It is a short live uh live action um division kind of little film. It's it's 30 minutes long and there's only one of them, so it's not really an episode or a film. It's more I would just call that a short basically. 
Uh, I've never heard anyone talk about that yet, so I don't know who knows this thing exists. But if you're curious, if you're a big Division fan, go and check your Amazon Prime. Uh, I think that when it has the Prime label, that usually means it's available in the US and the UK. Um, so go and search for the Division on Amazon if you're a, a Division fan or whatever. And uh, treat yourself to a little 30-minute short. It, uh, I don't know how good the actual thing itself is. I only saw the trailer, but uh, are you aware that this thing exists? I have actually seen that. Oh, okay. All right. I never really brought it up because it's more set in the world of just after um, the events that led up to the division, the first division game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a little thirty minutes short that they made. It was more for uh, fan service and kind of building the world than anything else. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I have seen that before. Cool. Yeah. So if anyone that doesn't know that that's out there, and you're a division fan, go and check that out. Of course, you'll need to be subscribed to uh, Amazon Prime to watch it um but uh yeah so this is this is totally separate from the you remember when ubisoft an- announced that uh netflix film with jake gyllenhaal this isn't that this is obviously a, a different thing so yeah just thought i'd now that you've, you've reminded me because you brought up the division so uh check that out if you if you're curious so uh when i've got half an hour and want to check it out i will do so myself and let everybody know my thoughts on this podcast probably so, uh, in terms of stuff I've been playing, got very into uh, Star Trek Bridge Crew VR, which I've joined a Discord server for. I've joined a couple of Reddit threads. I've joined a couple of Facebook groups. There's a big problem with the matchmaking with this game. Uh, this game came out, I think, in 2017. I had no interest at the start because I just wasn't involved in Star Trek in any sort of way. Uh, I think that was before Discovery started as well, if I'm not mistaken, or it was around, it was around that same time. Um, the pr- issue that a lot of people are having with the game, and I'm having the same issue, is that there's the custom lobby, which is where you go in yourself when you set up a lobby, you set up the missions, you open it to public, and then you wait for people to join, or you invite them. There's the other option, which is a quick match, and what that basically does is it attempts to put you into someone else's game who's got an open lobby. The weird thing with that is if it doesn't find you a match, now it, it will tell you it's found you a, a match, like a, a game, a match, or whatever... Uh, sometimes it will throw you in with a bunch of AI players. Now, there's the other option for solo adventure, which is where you specifically go in and play with AI players and do the campaign solo and all that sort of thing. Uh, And there's this weird thing with the game where everyone kind of seems to think it's dead. I I can tell you the game's not dead. It's just the fact that unless someone invites you or unless you happen to find a lobby, it's very difficult to find other players. So when, I remember when I first thought, like, okay, I'm going to try this game out online and, like, went into a quick match, went into a lobby, and I was like, oh, no one's playing this game because uh, it's, like, you know, from 2017. Maybe it's just dead or whatever. Very much just not the case. It's just the fact that the matchmaking system itself just doesn't work properly, which is a bit of a shame. But I, nevertheless, I've managed to uh, match up with certain people and play some matches with some people. It's a lot of fun. It's really a lot of fun. Uh, especially the just the whole aspect of... Because basically there's four of you. There's the captain, <clears throat> there's the helm, engineering, and uh, tactical. Uh, so you've got the four different roles. Of course, you discuss and pick between you who wants to do what. Uh, and that sort of thing. And basically you do you sit in these obviously virtual chairs. You can kind of li- You can physically look around at everybody else. You can point at people and talk to each other or whatever. Uh, and of course, because you've got the two move controllers, you can physically point at things as well so like if you want to point at someone and say hey can you do this or whatever uh and you want to physically point at the buttons on the, on the different panels that you've got whatever you've got to do you can do that as well it's a lot of fun but it's just the case of either either agreeing a time to play the game with someone or trying to find players 
when you want to play the game. Uh, so it's it's got again the matchmaking problems just let it down. But once you're in a game, once you've got people, and once you've started the mission. It's a lot of fun to uh, to go and play. So, also if you haven't got VR, it do, it says VR is required on the box of the game because I've actually bought the game now. VR is not required with the game. Um, it actually gives you this option when you load it up. It says, do you want to do non-VR or VR? And of course, it's up to you what you want to do. Uh, you can play the game without VR. You just can't like look around and stuff. And you have to instead of you having two move controllers, it's basically two, the two analog sticks controlling your left and right arm. So you can also play the game without VR, which I think is a good option as well. Um, so yeah, I've been having a lot of fun with that, been playing quite a bit of that, uh, still playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare, uh, still Season 1 or whatever, uh, Shipment is out, it's madness, because uh, it's very, very small, and there's lots of players on it, <laughs> and that sort of thing, but uh, it it's a, I would call it like a remastered, slightly remade version of Shipment from uh, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, and uh, something really interesting that I found is I remember when they first released a little trailer for shipment and there's these little uh these tiny these little um things that you can kind of climb up and climb into I tell you what if you've got the chance to climb up and climb in climb in the thing and like go on, on top of these little um uh cargo containers then you you've you've just had luck because it's probably the case that you'll go to climb in one of them by the time you've run to the thing you'll just get shot because it's just such a chaotic map but it's, it's designed to sort of be like that um, so for everybody's worries of like, oh, people are going to stand on top of the cargo containers and shoot everybody. Now you'll probably just get shot on your way there. So I think out of the dozen matches that I've played on that map, I've seen two people in those uh, higher up cargo containers because they're just um, hard to get to. So there you go. Uh, I played a bit more Outer Worlds. Um, I got to basically the start of the first mission and then got, and then got distracted by uh, Star Trek. Uh, it's a good game. I... Um, uh, what is it? Did all the obviously the character customization set up and all that sort of thing, uh, and just went basically and tried to do the first um, mission and stuff, and just makes me kind of think that like, okay, Obsidian and Microsoft, that kind of future partnership, is probably going to be quite healthy and quite good for the two of them, and I'm uh, looking forward to seeing uh, what Obsidian do in the future. So, been playing that uh, a bit of FIFA, of course, and uh, what was the other thing I played? I played for some reason I played Super Lucky's Tale, the new sort of new version for Switch. It's good, it's fun, it's obviously for like family friendly um sort of fun gameplay and all that sort of thing. Uh but uh it's if you if you've played basically if you've played all the Mario games that you want to play, you've played all the Crash and the Spyro games that you want to play, if you're in if you're in the mood for a platformer and you've already played I'll say the better games then I guess Super Lucky's Tale is an option for you. But uh it's it's not got anything particularly special about it, but it's good enough to play if you've again got that itch for a game like that and you've already played the better games that are out there so that's uh pretty much what i've been playing so um yeah i can't think of anything else it's been yeah star trek call of duty fifa outer worlds uh super lucky's tale um that's pretty much it so uh we're gonna take a quick break here go into a bit of housekeeping and then after we've done that we'll go into some news see you for all that in a minute Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right-hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. 
that's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment and then all you need to do is support us at the one dollar level tier that will get you access to all of the ad free podcasts that we've done in in the past and get you access to all the ad free podcasts in that month as well so it's a great way to support us on entertainment talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad free podcasts you can also become a patron at the three dollar level tier that gets you access to ad free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review, which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, let me scroll down here, we've got another classic reviews episode. This one is Season 3, Episode 4, which is for Only Fools and Horses, the classic and probably best British sitcom out there today. Um, still holds up, all that sort of stuff, and you can obviously check out my uh, podcast for those. Uh, we've had obviously four episodes of classic reviews so far. We had Metal Gear Solid, uh, Back to the Future 3, and the ranking of the trilogy. Then we had Jumpin' Flash, and then Only Fools and Horses. So that's a quick recap on uh, classic reviews for season 3. Um, I did another podcast watch along thing for another comedy show. This one was for Superstore. It's returned this week on ITV2. So if you want to uh, check that out, if you're in the UK and you wanted to know when it came back, it is back and available for you to watch uh, as well. So that's where I watch, commentate, react to the episode, all that sort of thing, and then do like a little review after the episode is finished. I did the same thing for Rick and Morty for season... For episode 5, the most recent episode, so you can check those out if you want to as well. Uh, did another United cast episode discussing Man United's huge midfield problems that the, 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 the owners of the club pretty much refused to do much about. Um, this The midfield's lacking in both quality and quantity, which is bad in both ways. Uh, and we'll see what the hell the board decides to do about that. Uh, would you rather did an episode of uh, I'm sure most of you know what would you rather sort of situation is. Someone poses two different questions or scenarios, and you pick from the uh, the different situations which one you'd uh, like to choose. I was very much challenged on the episode, which is the whole point of it. Uh, and there was a question in there about you, Robert, as well. So you might want to go and check that episode out uh, as well uh, if uh, that uh, is something you want to do. But that's on the website as well. Would you would you rather? Episode 1, Let's Play Sundays for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. There's two of those episodes out. Uh, Top 5 Best TV Shows Countdown. Uh, There's been three episodes released so far for number 5, 4, and 3. Number 2 will be revealed on Friday, so go and check those out as well. Uh, Did another United Cast episode discussing just the overall state of the club. Uh, The Good Place is back for Season 4, Episode 10. There's just a couple of episodes left for Season 4, and then that will be gone for good, unfortunately. But uh, yes, I've done a podcast for the Return episode, Season 4, Episode 10. Uh, just two other quick notes, obviously full coverage for The Witcher was completed, is out on the website if you've uh, missed that or whatever, and last thing I'll mention is me and David did of course the best and worst of 2019 podcast, go and check all that stuff out on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's move into some news. go first uh this week we've got a couple of things to discuss of course really really big news the ps5 logo is out uh (laughs) 
Um, the, 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 did you see the actual stream of this, or did you see um, just see like the logo released at some point? How did you find out about this? Uh, I did watch not the full stream. I, I saw right. a recap on YouTube. Um, I'm super confused. Not from the stream. Not from that itself. I mean, that's not that big of a deal. Yeah. It's just there, you're at CES, and then you yeah. announce after the fact that you're not going to E3 this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but who cares about a logo? I mean, honestly, right? Really? You could have just like tweeted that out or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, or put it in one of their blog posts that they do or something. Um, it's just the way this guy, I can't remember the guy's name, but the way he's like, Hey, this is what, you know, he's, here's all the stats for PS4, 106 million sales and all this sort of stuff. Uh, I didn't bother to write those numbers down cause they're, you know, whatever. Uh, and then he's like, okay, let's talk about the PS5. And then like people are starting to get a bit excited and he's like, okay, haptic triggers and all this other techie stuff. And then he's like, we want to reveal something to you today. And everyone's like, and he's like, okay, here's the PS5 logo. I, I'm with everybody who's on the side of, like, why would you reveal a logo at CES? I'm fully on your side. I think, Robert, you've just sort of basically said that as well. Um, I, I understand if they're going to go there and, uh, okay, here's the specs for PS5 and here's the numbers for PS4. That's fine. But when you go, okay, we got, like, okay, we want to reveal something to you today and it's the logo. Um, I just, I don't see the logo as a big deal. And uh, I, I've loved all the little videos I've seen. Of um, people have done like the, the put put up this little editing software thing on their on the computer and like deleted the it's like here's a behind the scenes video of how they made the uh, PS5 logo and then they have the PS4 written and they just delete the four and put the five and then it's like oh here's the hit that was the groundbreaking reveal as, as like a joke or whatever uh, I'm not like mad about the situation it's just weird like okay you go to CES and then you go okay here, let's talk about the PS5 and you show probably one of the most least important things about the console. Because uh, everyone wants to know, like, okay, what is the price going to be? What's the game going to be? What's it going to look like? What's the controller going to look like? And you pick the logo. It's just, uh, again, I'm not mad. It's just uh, a bit weird and a confusing place and choice of, of reveal, I think. So um just wanted to quickly bring that up. I don't think we need to dissect that or anything. You know, you can just look at I mean, it's the, it's the featured image for this week because it's what I've kind of just chosen. So... Uh, I think we can move past from that. It looks good. looks fine. It looks like a PS5 logo, which is what it is. Um, I don't think there's too much else to really discuss about that. Uh, bigger news on Sony's part and on the PlayStation uh, side of things. They are skipping E3 again for 2020. Of course, they did the same thing for 2019. Uh, the last E3 they did was when they showed... It was the four games, wasn't it? It was when they showed Last of Us for the first time. Ghost of Tsushima, Deaths. Stranding and Spider-Man, I think, when they went to 2018 Z3. Can't quite remember, it was like two years ago. Uh, but that was roughly what they did. Uh, yeah, what do you think of Sony deciding to skip E3 for this year? Uh, it's kind of odd. I mean, they're clearly mm. of the opinion that E3 doesn't matter as much anymore than it did. Yeah. And they're clearly just going to kind of do their own thing. Mm. Um, which is fine. That's, you know, their right to do. Um I do find it odd that they're kind of, you know, seeding the battlefield in that sense. But, you know, they, they, oh, well, E3 has always been, at least for the longest time, where you show everything. Mm. Um, that's where yeah. all the big games come out. That's where all the big announcements come out. And you got to assume that on some level, uh, Microsoft is going to show off the Series X um, and then go from there. But to not have any kind of presence whatsoever... It's just kind of weird. I mean, they do their own uh, kind of little platform things, you know, the the state of play. 
but those are always so quick and so hit out that people forget them after they're done. So, you know, what's mm-hmm. a, is how are they going to announce it? I mean, they do have to announce it on some level. Right. I mean, they'll probably... I don't... I, I don't think that the state of play is a big enough spot to reveal the PS5. I mean, the PS5 is like the biggest deal that Sony's going to talk about this year. Uh, I, I do hope that they do some sort of February or March, whatever month it's going to be. Just some sort of, okay, here's a PlayStation event we're going to get on our own stage. No E3 like connection or whatever. We could do this whenever we want. Uh, and like just do, do, do the full reveal. Show the controller, the console, the games, the price. All that sort of thing. Because uh, obviously we've seen that dev kit. We don't know if that's what the thing's actually going to look like. But obviously they, they can then reveal uh, what the console looks like. So um, it's a interesting decision for me. It's not. I'm not too bummed out about it. Because we know at some point they have to say. Okay here is well, everything I've just mentioned. Console, controller, games, press. Everything else. So um, I, I think. Because the other avenues they've done is blog posts. I don't think that's a big enough place to reveal ps5 wired articles i don't think that's big enough either not saying that wired are small i just think okay when you think of ps5 and like i mean how how would you what would you do put an image in a in a blog post for the ps5 that's not gonna work really i think you have to do that in some sort of video format i think they could do a state of play where they reveal the ps5 but again i just don't i think you need i mean it's, it's the ps5 do you know what i mean like it's it's bigger than like okay here's our new game trailer for the last of us part two and i'm still very very excited for the game and all that but this is the reveal of your next big thing i think it just needs to be at some sort of big stage and i do think that will be uh some sort of playstation event so we'll see when they decide to uh reveal things so there's that um yeah speaking of microsoft because you just said that you just mentioned them quickly one thing i forgot to write down uh, i saw this reported in a few different places that for the first year to 18 months that the xbox series x won't have any exclusives um that basically so that what i what i'm going to assume that means is let's say halo infinite and hellblade 2 which are two games that we know are coming out will be available on xbox one and s and x and will still be on series x but won't be exclusive to Series X. Once I'd kind of heard that news and thought, like, okay, at the end of the year, both these consoles are going to be out. Nintendo's going to do what Nintendo's going to do. But the, the PS5 and the Series X will be out. I'm probably going to try and get the PS5, like I've discussed before, just because I'm more... I want their exclusives more, that sort of thing, all the future that they've kind of set up with their sequels and everything. As I'd heard this news and thought, like, okay, Halo Infinite, I'll still play... Uh, Hellblade 2 I'm very very interested in if I can play those two games on my current Xbox One uh, then I don't see a need currently to get a Series X uh, what would you think of that yeah they have clarified that statement into that um, it's not going to be exclusive to the physical console meaning any game that comes out that's exclusive to the Microsoft platform mm-hmm. is going to be uh, on there you know, it's going to be available for any uh platform you have so that's right. not a big deal mm-hmm. i'm gonna assume that means pc as well through game yeah Plus, it's gonna be so. on pc and things right. like that right which um, isn't as big of a deal we're just kind of clarifying what, yeah uh, and it's one of those things that the, it's more that they're uh just solidifying their you know their position to that um it's not going to be something that you have to buy the series x to get mm-hmm. um which yeah. i'm actually in favor for because they're not alienating their fan base they're not uh, making it so that you have to buy the physical uh, platform just to play the game. 
Um, and they're trying to not just like isolate their users, which is always a good thing. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how that works out sales wise, but uh, I just think it's weird that you would release the Series X and not have any proper exclusives for like a year. That just uh, that just confuses me a bit. But I guess Microsoft is going more for this. Okay, we're a platform instead of a console. We still have consoles, but you don't have to necessarily even have that console to play Xbox games. Like, you can get certain games on Switch, you can get games on PC uh, from Xbox Studios and all that. But, um, yeah, very interested to see how all that works out and um, how uh, what, what the interest level is for the Series X once these games start coming out and how that maybe changes once they say, okay, from, from this game maybe whatever it's going to be, uh, like Gears of War 6 or something, um, then th- those will be exclusive to Series X. It'll be uh, interesting to see. Uh, Final Fantasy 7 Remake and Avengers have been delayed. Uh, they are both, of course, Square Enix games. I do have some screenshots of these specific dates, so let me quickly bring those up. Uh, Square Enix uh, delays Marvel's Avengers until September 4th, I think, 2020, which is quite a ways away. It was supposed to come out in April at some point, I think, uh, or May maybe at some point, but uh, Q sort of, end of Q1 2020, it was supposed to sort of come out. Um, what do you think of this delay? Well, I'm okay with it, as long as it makes the game uh, better. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I've, I've said multiple times on the podcast, uh, a broken game can be made into a working game, but a broken launch will always be a broken launch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and past that, you know, it's, you know, if they think that they need to do it, that's then what they need to do. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the, the part of their statement was like, okay, time to, we need time to polish things up and make things better. And, um, it's always a good idea. So as long as, as long as it's not like a turn into a, you know, 10 year, uh, last guardian or final fantasy 15 or kingdom Hearts three or something like that. As long as it's only like, okay, we need what's that like six months roughly something like that to just you know polish some stuff i think that's uh quite understandable uh and the game that uh um barry who uh hopefully has listened to this podcast uh he's a big he's a big fan of final fantasy 7 um and the remake of that has been delayed just a few days before cyberpunk 2077 now uh just to clarify on you know what we've just said about delays sometimes they're good sometimes they make a uh, game work at launch and make a game better at launch big mistake here is releasing so close to cyberpunk 2077 now granted final fantasy 7 has got its big audience uh, a lot of people are going to be very excited for it but uh cyberpunk is a pretty big game i think we can all agree and uh, to release so close to that i think is a bit of a big mistake um what do you think of of this decision yeah um cyberpunk is going to be the game of april so if you mm-hmm. you don't want to release your game anywhere near that yeah. Um, but past that, it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. So you just got to deal with it and roll with it. So, yep. I mean, the gamers will pick what they want to play. It's just up to the uh, studios and developers as to how much money they want to make, <laughs> uh, as opposed to you know sales competition all that sort of thing. So again, both audiences have got uh, both games. Sorry, have got big audiences. So it will just depend on. Uh, I don't know, maybe Cyberpunk will move, maybe Final Fantasy will move again or something. Um, I would be very surprised if both studios look at that and go, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll still release on these two dates, um, so maybe something will move, we'll just have to wait and see which one does, or maybe both of them will, who knows. So, uh, both of those have been delayed. Um, 
we got another, this is the last of my news pieces, uh, we got another Batman Arkham tease, a little like, I think it's a quarter of hours image or something, why would you, so just to quickly re- recap on the whole marketing tease that this game has had, uh, I guess to September, Sony does another state of play, I think that's when they showed off Last of Us 2 again, and gave a release date, I think that's also when they showed, was that when they showed Resident Evil, or was that the, yeah that was a Resident Evil one wasn't it? I think yeah yeah so yeah those those were in the same um, state of play yeah because they gave the uh, release date to Dreams as well which is gone gold now by the way which is really good um, and some people were speculating in the September uh, state of play which is obviously a couple of months ago that the Batman game was going to be there they did this this video on Twitter uh, Warner Brothers I think it's Montreal who is uh, developing the game uh, who's the, I think the same guys the same people that did uh, Batman Arkham Origins which I'm currently playing at the moment uh, I'll give it I'll give some more impressions on that next week um, yeah they did this kind of cryptic like here's some Court of Owls images and some other images and stuff and then went dead silent for months and now it's January 2020 and they basically just did the same thing again with different images or some of the same images I don't really know which ones they are but uh, I know that Court of Owls is one of them so um, I, I'm with the crowd on this that is like, okay, why are you teasing this game separately, like, three or four months apart? Where is this game? Why would you... Uh, uh, again, just that weird kind of, okay, September tease, logos, no name, nothing like that. And then we get to January, and it's basically the same thing again. Um, some people are getting kind of tired of the, like, teasing, and like, okay, what is this game? You haven't even said, like, the title of it, what it is, what consoles it's coming out on. Uh, so I'm I'm with the crowd that's, like, f- getting frustrated on, like, okay... What, what what are you doing with this game, basically? Uh, where, where do you sort of stand on everything that's happening with this game? I, I'm honestly kind of neutral on it. It's just one of those things that it's, you know, flown on my, under my radar for so long that I just really can't see myself getting into it, so... Okay. Did you play the other Arkham games? Oh, yeah. I played all the games. I played... Uh, I was a huge fan of Arkham Island, uh, the first one. Do you mean Asylum? Yeah, Asylum, yeah. sorry. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Night was kind of a hit or miss for me. Um, City was the other one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Asylum but City. I think Origins then came out, and then Night came never out. never played Origins, but I played the rest of them. So. Okay, I'm actually playing Origins on my uh, PS3 right now, which took seven and a half hours to download. And I'm not making a joke. <laughs> no, I know. And, yeah. uh, until I moved and got on good internet, you know, those big downloads would take mm. all, half a I, day sometimes. Right. I think it was just the PS3's PSN is very, very weak. It did uh, a download, an install, an update, then it installed trophies, then it checked for DLC, and then I was finally able to play it. So There's was... an old video that I saw on YouTube about somebody ragging on that, and they had uh, Resistance 3. And they filmed it from the start of when they physically put the disc in the game to when they could physically hit a button and play it. And no joke, it was legitimately 23 minutes. Okay. From That's pretty just... quick. No, they weren't downloading anything. They had the physical copy. They were just uh, trying to play the game. Okay. And they had, right. like, the like the updates and then the more updates and then... Uh, you know, like you said, the the installing the trophies, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's this part, wasn't a. That's the part that confused me the most. Is like the game actually then loaded. I was able to click on it, and it was like, "Please wait while we install trophies." And I was like, "Install trophies? You haven't done this yet." Like what? Like uh, yeah. But uh, I suppose that's how things worked on the PS3. So. Yeah. 
there you go. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what Warner Brothers does with Batman in every way, shape, and form uh, in the future. So that's all the news that I've got. What do you got to talk about today? Uh, I got a few things that we can talk about. Uh, first off, they've officially uh, clarified everything for the pre-order bonuses for the Cyberpunk 2077 that's coming out. Uh, if you're over here in the States and you pre-order it through GameStop, you can get a uh, samurai medallion. And it's basically just a little necklace with the typical Japanese kind of demon head face thing. Um, but it is a pre-order bonus that so you get that. Um, if you pre-order through Best Buy, you get a $10 reward credit. Uh, so you can actually get the ten game uh, $10 cheaper. Um, most of the online stores like Amazon, Walmart, actually have it at a cheaper price. It's about $10 less. Okay. Um, if you pre-order it through uh, good old games, you'll get uh, digital bonuses such as uh, art booklet, game soundtrack, uh, wallpapers for your desktop, and uh, the source book. Uh, the big thing is that they've clarified the collector's edition, uh, which is currently sold out anywhere you can find it. And it's also $250, so I'm not going to be pre-ordering it. Me neither. Uh, but you'll get the collectible steelbook, a uh, 10-inch statue depicting the game's protagonist. Uh, looks like he's shooting a gun after his motor flying off of his motorcycle that just crashed. Cool. Uh, you get the hardcover art book, a metal pin set, uh, a keychain, a visitor's guide to Night City, and a patch that you can put on a jacket or something. A world compendium, uh, some postcards, a map of Night City, and some collectible stuff. Uh, they've also released uh, some figurines, so if you're big into uh, collectible knickknacks, you can do that. Uh, now, this isn't like the Funko Pops you can buy. These are completely separate. These are part of the McFarland's toy lines. Uh, you can get a 12-inch figurine of Johnny Silverhand, a.k.a. Keanu Reeves, uh, riffing on a guitar. Or you can buy a 7-inch figure of him giving you, you know, the devil horns. And then you can buy a 7-inch figurine of the uh, default male protagonist um, at the same. And those are all uh, fair. I, I don't want to say, like, affordable, but they're not, like, crazy. Like the uh, um, the 7-inch the figurine of uh, Johnny Silverhand doing, like, the rocker horns. That's only $25 at a local Walmart. And the uh, seven-inch figurine of the default male protagonist is twenty-five dollars as well. Uh, now the twelve-inch figurine is a little bit more expensive, but it's only forty dollars. So you know it's not cheap. I'm not going to say that it's cheap, but it's not going to break the bank. It's not like a two hundred fifty-dollar collectibles edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you much into the little collectibles or things like that? Uh, my most recent additions is I got a uh, Daenerys and Jon Snow little figures for Christmas. Uh, and I put those on my uh, windowsill because I've actually run out of room on my shelf. Uh, I actually went to get um, I got a Forbidden Planet uh, voucher for Christmas, and I went to, I went to get the Crash Bandicoot figure that's out there. But one damn day that I go in there and I actually have the money to get the thing, it, it was sold out. So uh, I'm going to be going back there tomorrow actually and seeing if they got the uh, Crash Bandicoot figure, which will be the new edition. Of, co- of course, they had they had one Spyro left and no crashes left, so. <laughs> You know, uh, I wasn't going to pick the Spyro one, but, uh, you know, I don't hate Spyro or anything, but clearly, if you've listened for a while, uh, I very much like Crash Bandicoot more, so I'm hoping to pick that up tomorrow. Uh, so those are the newest kind of additions. I'm I'm pretty much done in terms of buying Walking Dead figures. I've got most of the uh, important characters for that. Um, but uh, in terms of cyberpunk stuff for me, I don't mean to sound like, um, I mean, I've, I've mentioned for, I mean, I think, I think I've had Boomerang for about two or three years. I can't even... Uh, 
uh, recall at the moment. But uh, I'm going to rent the game, play it, finish it to whatever degree I feel like doing so. Um, and then send it back and move to the next game. Which makes it sound like I'm kind of playing it and dumping it a bit. But uh, that's what I've been doing for sing- with single player games for like two years now. So it's not like a, a new kind of thing. But um uh, yeah, I mean, at some point, if if there's like a cyberpunk figure that that I really like and it's on a good price at a certain point, maybe I'll then go and get it. But uh, you know, it's entirely up to me how uh, I want to uh, consume and spend on uh, those sorts of, uh, those sorts of things. But uh, for collectors out there that are going to be into cyberpunk, then uh, you do have some options. So um, pick what you like. So how about you? Yeah, um, probably not going to pick up the figurines. I'm, I, it's not that I dislike them. I'm talking about them, so I'm very curious about them. It's just mm-hmm. one of those things that it's not really in my wheelhouse of uh, things to do. So, mm-hmm. Cool. Um, yeah, and then after... I think after I pick up the Crush figure, there's a couple of other Game of Thrones ones I want to get. Um, there's the Night's King. There's actually one one for the... I can't remember which dragon, but one of the dragons has got one. And then there's one for Arya as well, who I want to get. So those seem like the the mainline figures they've got in the series that I've started on. So those are going to be the next things. Um, cool. What else do you want to talk about today? Well, while we were on break, CES, the Consumer Electronics mm. Show, happened. Uh, There's a ton of stuff that came out. That's where we saw the PS5 logo that got unbelievably mocked online after it came out. Uh, but the thing that I'm kind of curious about is Alienware. Uh, for those that don't know, Alienware is a computer maker. Uh, they're technically owned by Dell, but it is a separate brand. They make like high-end gaming PCs and laptops. Uh, they came out with their version of a Switch. It is basically the Switch, if you look at it in the physical size. Uh, it's a PC. It's a prototype of a Windows 10 tablet. It has two physical controllers on each side of it, which can detach. Um, I don't see that it had like a docking kit, so I don't know if you can play it on your television or not. But it's, yeah, it's basically just a PC version of the Switch. Uh, no price was announced. Uh, it was just a prototype, so I don't know if it's going to come to market anytime soon. Um, did you happen to see it at all? I did, yeah. Um, what's his name from Game Informer? Andrew? No, not Andrew. Can't, I can't remember his name, unfortunately, at the moment. But uh, he posted um, a picture of the of the particular console or whatever. Uh, it looks interesting. It's probably not something I'm going to pick up, really. Um, I'm waiting to hopefully get sent a copy of Luigi's Mansion 3. That's the next Switch game that I want to play. Um, so that's going to be what I what I do next on those consoles. Uh, on that console, um, I I in terms of like controllers and stuff, I just I don't want to ever use the Joy Cons again because they're just it's when you when you go from using an Xbox One controller and a PS4 controller and then you use even with the grip thing use the joy cons it's just such a downgrade and i get that they're like smaller they're meant to be for kids and stuff and i'm i suppose as the adult player whatever i'm supposed to use the uh, pro controller but i i'm just using the uh ps4 controller with the little adapter thing it's so much better but uh anyway yeah it's uh not something i'm going to take particular interest in i've already got enough games and platforms and games to play and things to do uh so it's not going to be something that uh is in my uh view for for a while so uh it's a it's a no from me but um yeah, if this is something that fits your wheelhouse, you have the money to get it or buy it or whatever, and it's something that you want, then uh, go ahead and do that as well. So, um, yeah, how about you? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I don't see myself picking it up just for the cost aspect, but I do think it's more of a statement of how popular and how successful the Switch um, 
platform yeah. has been mm-hmm. that the fact that they're uh, making a copy of it for for PCs. And I'm sure somebody has modded a switch to do PCs. I'm sure somebody bought like a broken switch online, ripped the guts out, put an emulator on it, and then did it for PCs. But it's just it, it's just more of a telling of the popularity of the switch itself and the functionality of the switch itself than anything else. So, mm-hmm. speaking of ripping things open, uh, the RB button on my controller stopped working properly. It got basically stuck, um, and then I realized I had this uh, gold. Not actually like gold, like it, you know, you know, like the fake gold kind of color that you can get, whatever. Um, yeah, the rose gold, yeah. Sort, sort of like that, yeah. Um, I opened up my Xbox One controller and managed to replace the RB button. I've never done that with anything before. I've never done that with a phone. I've never done that with a laptop or a console or a TV or anything like that. And uh, it's a little intimidating at first, you know, when you open up something like that and you've got a bunch of little bits and pieces and wires and stuff and you're afraid you're going to break something or whatever um but yeah i followed a couple of videos online i've got this you have to have a specific screwdriver to do it it's got to have one that's got a hole in it because it's that's that's what it's got at the back of the uh xbox one controller but uh it made it re because i played fifa for a couple of days with a broken rb button and had to um reconfigure reconfigure the controller uh, and it was very very awkward to do but uh yeah i managed to replace that and now i've got this controller where uh the RT, LT, and LB are black, and then the RB is gold. But whatever, I'm pretty much going to be the only, the only person who uses that. So, yeah, that was quite something to do the other day. Yeah, the screw that you're talking about is technically called a security screw with the right. little because the hole that's in the screw head matches up with a pin that sticks in the screw. Mm-hmm. And I dealt with that with my last job. Um, we had to have like all the different bits take apart different things. And right. that one was called a security bit, so. Mm-hmm. Yep, so I've uh, disassembled something for the first time in my life, which is, uh, hey, there you go. All right, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, if I say the words Kentucky Route Zero, you're probably thinking that it's some sort of bourbon, which is not unexpected. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not it. It's actually a game that was episodic, and the final episode will be released on January, January 28th. Uh, the only reason why I bring it up is that the uh, first episodic release was in 2013, and the last episode that came out was in 2016. Um, so if People you're a fan of the game, slow. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, it puts Telltale to shame. Um, but it's one of those things that if you uh, are a fan of the game, obviously you're psyched that it's coming out. Mm-hmm. But it's just so weird that something like that has that long of a delay cycle to it. So yeah. Yeah, it's like the Flash film. Um, <laughs> uh, which game did you say this was for? Sorry? Uh, it's on PC, so um, they are going to put a bundle and have all five acts on a console at some point. Okay. Uh, there's no release date in the article. I just it's, it's more of an intrigue of that kind of a development cycle to where something comes right. out yeah. in 2013, and then you put episode four out in 2016, and then episode five comes out in 2020. Mm. Yeah. What's the name of it, though? What did you it's say it was called? Kentucky Route Zero. Okay. Like I said, right. that sounds like a bourbon, but it's not. Right, yeah. Never heard of it. But, uh, yeah, interesting with that uh, weird release schedule. So, um, again, people said that uh, Telltale was slow. But, <laughs> yeah. So, we'll see uh, what happens with that, I suppose. Um, yep. What else did you want to talk about today? Uh, well, we got a little interesting thing from the rumor mill. I'm reading this off of a Games Radar uh, website. 
Okay. Uh, Microsoft Series X, which is coming out this year, is rumored to be able to support Steam and Epic Game Store games. Now, obviously, with a rumor, you got to take this with a grain of salt because you never know if that's actually going to be a thing. Um, but the way they're setting this up, um, according to the rumor, the Series X will feature a Windows mode, which enables players to switch the console's operating system to Windows 10, which would give it you full access to your Steam library and your Epic Games Store library. Um, obviously, Microsoft has its own game store on the PC, and you can play uh, console games as part of the micro- of the Xbox app on uh, your PC as well. So as a rumor goes, it's not completely unrealistic, um, but that's one of those things that we're just going to have to see how much truth there is to it when... Uh, um, uh, E3 comes out, which is so weird that we're still talking. We're going to be talking about E3 here coming up. Yeah, I can see this being something that's possible. Uh, I mean, with the whole, uh, you know, Xbox games on PC sort of thing, they've veered uh, or skewed more into that sort of market. And you know, with them also advancing that further with the whole Game Pass on PC, with the Game Pass Ultimate and everything, um, it, it sounds ambitious, but it sounds like something that I think could happen uh and given that you know steam and did you say epic games steam and yeah epic? steam and yeah. epic game store um if you could like do some sort of way to switch it from an xbox dashboard i suppose into a windows 10 uh system or whatever uh, i could see a way that that could work so this isn't something that like i i i read some pretty stupid clickbait on an almost daily basis, not like click on those articles because you know why would I do that? But um, I see some pretty out there bad clickbait, and this sounds like something that actually would make sense uh, as opposed to some of the other ridiculous things that I see. But uh, yeah, just just in terms of how they've gone more towards the PC market and you know m- mouse and keyboard support, all that sort of thing, um, this would kind of be another step towards that. So it kind of makes sense that you would. Plus, it's you know a Microsoft console, so why would they not be able to put? Uh, Windows 10 on it so again it sounds a little bit ambitious but something I think is possible so what, what do you think yeah and it's not like multiple operating systems is a whole new thing for the longest time mm. yeah. uh, Mac computers have done what's called a dual boot to where you have the Mac operating system on your Macintosh computer but then you can switch operating systems and boot up PC and run it on a PC mode so on mm. a technical level it's completely possible and this is Microsoft, so you know switching from their own proprietary Xbox operating system to a Windows 10 operating system, not going to be that hard, right? Um, so it's just one of those things that they have. You know, this is going to be on their end, on the back end, if they think, you know, is this going to be worth the time and effort? And you never know. I mean, they put so much time and effort into making everything backwards compatible. The fact that you can play original xbox games on your uh, xbox one and everything going forward and like we talked about earlier in the podcast the fact that there's not going to be a console series x exclusive um and everything's just going to run with everything else so yeah you know i give it six ish out of ten as a possibility i mean it's something physically and software wise they could easily do it's just whether or not they would actually do that yeah, we'll see what they because uh, they they've said that they are going to be at E three, so uh, mm-hmm. we'll see what they reveal at that point. We're in this really interesting period with gaming where like we're right on the verge of finding out a whole bunch of stuff about 
uh, Series X and PS5. We don't know who's going to... Well, we know that Xbox is going to be at E3. We know Sony's not. We don't know when Sony's going to show up. We don't know what the PS5 looks like. We know what the Xbox Series X looks like. We don't know specifically the all, all the launch games. So we're right on that. And I'm glad I'm actually podcasting at this point uh, in this life cycle. Because obviously in 2013 I was doing something completely different. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite glad and quite excited to be podcasting at a time when we are in this transition phase because uh, we still plan to do this when uh, when these two consoles come out so uh yeah interesting time for us to be uh, to be doing this sort of stuff and it, just just an interesting time for the uh industry as a whole so um cool what else do you want to talk about today oh uh, well the last story that i have i always like to end on a feel-good story that's good um uh aiden jackson uh, 17 years old, is living in the UK, and he was uh, playing an online game um, and actually had a seizure. Um, the person that he was playing with, uh, Dia Lothoria, was living in Texas, which is about 5,000 miles away, uh, called into the Liverpool uh, Police Department and got uh, help for him. Hmm. So an, an online gamer actually was had an emergency, and his friend online uh, called it in and actually saved his life. Wow. Yeah, so, you know, there's this whole mythos and this whole thing about, you know, gamers being these isolated people. And then we have a story like this that just proves the complete opposite, which I'm always a fan of. So mm-hmm. I'm going to assume this guy is, is fine now. Uh, yeah, he's, he's completely fine. Part, uh, so. uh, he was uh, contacted, obviously, by the UK uh, HMS, and uh, he, he uh, the HMS you, shows up. They mean, take uh, care of NHS? Everything. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, right. I'm, the, I'm the not National Health yeah. Service, I think it's called. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, as long as yeah. the guy's all right and uh, good, good for his, uh, you know, to his friend for helping him out and everything. Um, but uh, yeah, as long as he's okay and he's going to be all right going forward. And I mean, it's a very young age, seventeen. Uh, that actually makes me feel a bit older. But uh, I know, you know, you know, some people still say, "Oh, you're really young," and that. But when you hear about, you know. Uh, things happening to 17-year-olds like this sort of situation, uh, or you look at Mason Greenwood from United scoring at 19 years old, uh, it does make uh, me feel a bit older, but uh, I know that's kind of not the point, but um, yeah, as long as he's he's alright going forward, continues to have fun playing games, which is important as well, um, then uh, there you go. So um, Yeah, um, according to the article, uh, uh, Dia told the Liverpool Echo, um, I put on my headset and heard what I could only describe as a seizure, so I started to get worried and immediately started asking what was going on. When he didn't respond, I instantly started to look up emergency numbers in the EU. When that didn't work, I just had to hope that the non-emergency numbers would work. It had an option for talking to a real person. And uh, fortunately, that uh, worked out. So, you good. know, always good to help other people. And it's always cool when uh, gamers take care of each other. So Yeah, good for you for showing some instincts as well and not just like freaking out and doing nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you know, look, looking up all the numbers and stuff like that. Um, yeah, show some good instincts, which is important in life as well. So there we go. Uh, yes, we do have some emails as well to uh, get to. But uh, yeah, interesting st- new end to the uh, new section there. Uh, Paul says, with Sony no longer being at E3 2020, when do you expect Sony to talk PS5 and reveal Ghost's uh, date? Because of course, uh, Ghost of Tsushima is the, I think, the last PS4 exclusive that doesn't have a release date, because of course Dreams does, February 14th, Last of Us does, I think it's the end of May. 
Uh, Iron Man VR is coming out in May or something like that. I've forgotten the release date, but Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, I don't think I'm saying that right, but you know what game I'm talking about. Um, doesn't have an official release date. It does have a summer timeline or aim uh, at the moment. Um, I would... Uh, this is just purely out of me having excitement for the PS5 and wanting them to talk as soon as possible. I do think that, I do hope that there's some sort of February event and they just they just talk about something as soon as possible. Um, but uh, yeah, in terms of the month, um, I don't really know that they could pick as long as they pick any month between now and E3, preferably before E3. Um, that would be uh, pretty good. So when do you think that they might talk about PS5? Because they have to at some point, don't they? So Yeah, they have to at some point. Uh, the cynic in me thinks that they're just going to wait until Microsoft releases their pricing plan. Right, and then and they're they, just going to try to undercut yeah. it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I don't see that really happening too much. Um, but it's entirely possible. I mean, they can technically throw a state of uh, play together anywhere at any time. Yeah, yeah. So... We shall find out. Uh, Haley says, Hey fellas, was trying out two games that you both recommended in the winter break, but couldn't get into either. Uh, Crash Team Racing, I think she's talking about the remastered uh, Nitro Fueled on PS4, PC, Xbox, and Switch. Uh, and The Outer Worlds, any advice for either? Uh, well, I've only just started The Outer Worlds, so I don't really, I don't feel like I could give you advice for that. Maybe Robert could in a minute. Uh, Crash Team Racing, I really, when it comes down to that specific game, of course, I'm not talking about the uh, Insane Trilogy. I'm talking about the Kart Racer remaster. I I really think that game boils down to... Uh, especially if you're playing online, which I never did, but I heard was very challenging. Uh, if you can get the... I think it's called the boost mechanic. When when you're uh, skidding and you have to do the time to boost. Uh, Haley will know what I'm talking about. But uh, if you can get that down and get good at doing that... And I'm not, I'm not talking about that as a dark phrase, get get good or whatever. But if you can become good at doing that and like timing it right but also not drive into the wall like I did at some points uh, I think you'll get on better it's just really the case of learning how to do that because I've seen certain videos where certain players are playing this game and they're almost just flying through the map and they never stop doing the uh, the boost thing now the way that there's actually a way that you can if you're going like really really fast I think if you wait till you're in the air next uh, and you it's some sort of mechanic to where you're still driving you're still boosting, but you like press square, and you can sort of turn on the spot in the air and like read and like change where you're going. It's very very difficult to do. That's why I'm talking about the whole like practice at it and make sure that you're you're good at it before you sort of. Well, you got to try it anyway. But um, may, maybe try that in like some solo stuff or whatever, and then go online and and try to do that because otherwise it might start to mess up your uh, your record or whatever. But it pretty much seems like that. Every player's sort of skill on that game is based on how good you are at that. Uh, of course, you can get bad luck with like other players having power-ups and just destroying you or whatever, but there's not too much you can do about that. But if you can get good enough at doing that and just race past people enough, I think you'll be better. Now, I haven't played that game in several months, so I don't know if they've made too many changes, but uh, that's pretty much the main advice I could give for that game. So, how about you for the Outer Worlds? What do you think um, Haley could try to do to get more into the Outer Worlds, possibly? Well, I've actually fallen off of the Outer Worlds. I played it uh, for a good chunk. Um, It just never really resonated with me. Uh, I was more a fan of the developers than anything else, but like with any game, I mean, if you enjoy it, you enjoy it, and if you don't, you don't, and it's really hard to kind of force that sort of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but past that, I mean, if you didn't like it, that's a bummer, but it's also, you know, not 
a bad thing. You know, you don't have to like things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So just uh, keep trying, I suppose, with both games and uh, see how you get on. And like Robert said, at the end of the day, maybe you just need to move on to something else. And there's plenty of games out there for you. And if you want recommendations for other games, I'm sure me and Robert can uh, help you out with that uh, if you need to. So uh, just uh, keep that in mind. Chris, last thing, says, I was trying to catch up with uh, video game review podcasts. Uh, I'm assuming he's talking about ours, possibly. Possibly ours and other people's. Uh, With some of the other content, uh, would you recommend I prioritize and what should I save for later? Uh, I suppose this is more of a question aimed at me. Um, I mean, we do have a lot of podcasts on the website, some are smaller than some of the others. Uh, if you like The Witcher, obviously watch that in the order that you kind of need to in terms of two episodes of podcast, two episodes of podcast, whatever. Um, I mean, the biggest one as of, as of recently is The Best and Worst of 2019, so maybe maybe prioritise that. Uh, then there's some smaller ones, of course, like Watching Superstore, Watching Rick and Morty. Uh, top 5 best TV countdown, those are pretty short and that sort of thing. Uh, it depends on the website and stuff which of our content you're actually interested in and which ones you're listening to because um, you might you might have no interest in The Witcher at all uh, so you might not even like listen because why would you listen to that when you don't watch the show but uh, yeah like if you're into the DC stuff you're listening to that whatever it depends which of our podcasts you've kind of selected I can't speak of you know on other people's content and uh, what you could and couldn't listen to over there uh, but it's yeah, your choice what you want to listen to I always appreciate anyone that listens to any of our stuff uh, doesn't matter which ones they are but uh, yeah some of the podcasts are just bigger than others and it just depends what you want to listen to more but I, I would say uh, if you want to maybe listen to a big one now and then save some other smaller ones for later maybe listen to the best and worst of 2019 now and then maybe check out like the, t- the TV countdown or whatever uh, it's entirely up to but that's just my recommendation um, I don't know if you've got any thoughts on this Robert but uh, anything to add? Uh, I mean, I listen to a ton of podcasts, but mm-hmm. then I'll also look at the title and see if it's right. the title I'm actually interested in. And if I'm not interested, I'll just skip it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's always that possibility. Right. So, yeah, just uh, listen to what uh, appeals to you more and um, just, I don't know, try to prioritize in that sort of way. So that's what we've got for you for this episode of Random Gaming Talk. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody. Um hopefully you're having a good start to the year we are basically two weeks into the year so hopefully you're all having a good one and uh, we'll see what this year brings again it's going to be a really exciting year because as the closer we get to e3 the closer we get to more info and the closer we get to the end of the year the closer we get to you know releases of two big consoles so we'll see what madness happens uh thank you all very much for listening you can find all the content that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org if you want to support the podcast, support Entertainment Talk, we're on Patreon, of course. Please check out the $1 and $3 level tiers. I've got an idea for another tier as well, but I'm uh, just thinking about it more before I actually go and put it up. So uh, just check those out and see if you uh, like anything over there. Amazon affiliate link, of course, is where you, that is where you can shop on Amazon. We'll get a small cut of what you spend. It won't cost you extra. iTunes feeds, please rate, review, subscribe to those. Uh, just I'll, I'll only mention this on the Gaming Talk podcast, I think. Uh, if you're interested in joining me on some... Um, uh, Star Trek Adventures, then you can add me on PSN, of course. Uh, iMatty94 is how you can add me. Just add me there. You can you can message me if I'm offline as well, because it will come through my uh, PlayStation app. So uh, don't feel uh, afraid to reach out in terms of Star Trek and everything else that we do here, of course, on Entertainment Talk. Um, what's the other stuff? Word of Mouth, of course. Please tell your friends, family, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds. It helps us out as well. Word of Mouth is a very 
effective and it's also free so it that's a good way to help us out of course social media share them on facebook and twitter all that sort of stuff um and there's of course video games if you want to watch us play different video games me and david stream on twitch robert streams on mixer look out for let's play sundays and hopefully modern warfare mondays monday 4 p.m on twitch uh please check that out as well thank you all very much for listening and we'll see you next time goodbye goodbye